Welcome to the uh, Sunday, January 8th edition of the PFF Forecast. It is officially the NFL playoffs. We're going to guess the wild card lines. We're also going to talk about our favorite Super Bowl futures with Ben Brown. And because Brad is a Bears fan, we're going to talk about what the Bears should do with the first overall pick after being gifted it by Lovey Smith. The real question is, will Lovey Smith be working for the Chicago Bears next year? Do they owe him a DC job, an analyst job, something? He's in charge of the new stadium. Who knows? We're going to talk about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's rock. told that it was unfair to the Seahawks I just want to know uh, uh, what, what was unfair that the Lions were playing on Sunday night potentially already being eliminated from the playoffs I'm just going to say this guys Dan Campbell has a lot of balls I don't know that he's calling a, a pitch and lateral or whatever the hell that play was or going for it on that fourth down I feel like he kicks that field goal if they if they need to win to get in the playoffs I feel like he kicks that field goal Said it last week, and it wasn't even sarcastic. I had more faith in them with no pressure and just playing free and just trying to beat the Packers than trying to get in the playoffs, and I think it, it bared out tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they probably still go for it on the fourth down decision, but I do agree some of like the, the actual play calling stuff. I feel like they very much, I would say, kind of let the cat out of the bag and, and very much, I would say, are probably more aggressive in those spots, but it was it was a Dan Campbell masterclass, and I think that you know being a being a Lions backers, you very much I would say had have to expect it in either scenario uh, for the Lions on Sunday night. That line moved uh, so after the, the Seahawks won <laughs> barely, um, did not cover but won. Um, that line moved. I saw it at six. I grabbed, when I got it, I got it at five and a half. And as we talked about on Wednesday night, Brad, the opportunity to bet the Lions once they were "quote unquote" eliminated, and people thought that meant they were going to play. In in reality, they played free. They played as if it was truly their last game and a Super Bowl, uh, to be clear. And um, that was a, that was a huge uh, opportunity. Um, we're not going to spend this entire podcast talking about which um, weird cleanse uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to do and which football team he will play with next year. Let's talk really briefly though um, about. Uh, about the Bears. So one of the interesting storylines that came out of today was the Houston Texans, all they had to do was lose uh, today. They would have gotten the number one overall pick. Obviously, they have no one quarterback that they're excited about. So they were, you know, if you make a list of teams that need the number one pick, they're, they're number one on that list. They managed to win the game. They converted a fourth and 20, a fourth and 12, a two-point conversion. Like, it was ridiculous how they managed to win that game. And in doing so, gave the first overall pick to the Chicago Bears, who, of course, have Justin Fields already. So the question is very, very simple. What should the Bears do? Should they keep the pick? If they keep the pick, should they draft the quarterback? Or should they trade the pick or uh, trade Justin Fields? Um, so I, I want to let Brad be uh, last year. Ben, what do you think the Bears should do? Yeah, I mean, it's very much, I would say, going to be the most unique situation, at least as far as a team picking this high, um, you know, at the top of the draft. And also probably, you know, the number one overall prospect is also going to be a quarterback, right? But this isn't really, I would say, you know, the the Josh Rosen type scenario with the Arizona Cardinals last year, because I do think Justin Fields has at least showed some semblance of being a relatively productive 
quarterback. Maybe that's not in the traditional sense of the word, but I think they have to walk a really fine line because they very much, I would say, have to probably drum up, um, you know, the understanding that they are going to go quarterback with the number one overall pick if their ultimate goal is probably to try and trade it because if they don't, you know, convince, I would say, other teams that they're going to draft a quarterback, their trade market is going to be uh, probably severely depressed to what it actually could be if they were kind of threatening to take, I would say, Bryce Young at number one overall. So they are walking a fine line because you also don't really want to piss off Justin Fields if you do actually think he is that franchise-type quarterback. But it, it's going to be really hard for them, probably impossible, I would say, not a good suggestion for them to go into next season with Justin Fields and a guy like Bryce Young both in the fold. So I think they very much have to do an initial evaluation of Justin Fields. If they don't think he can be the long-term solution, um, I think you trade him for multiple picks next year, and I think you maybe start over with Bryce Young would probably be um, my most preferred approach coming out of the draft now that they know that they have the number one overall pick. Yeah, so I want to touch on a couple key points. I'm diving in, George. Just let me let, let me out of that. Let me out of the you up. I, I didn't need to. I didn't need to. So first, the point about Fields is great because I'll tell you, we look back to a couple of years ago, the Washington Commanders, probably best example. They knew they were taking Chase Young, but there were a bunch of teams, Miami, Los Angeles, picking at five, six, that everyone on the planet knew they needed quarterback. And instead of pretending they were going to go quarterback, Washington just made it very clear, we're going to take Chase Young. There's no need to trade up with us. We're not going to trade down. And that killed them because, I mean, first of all, they should have just traded it. But Chicago already kind of leaked it a little bit. One of the biggest reporters in Chicago, Brad Biggs, the Chicago Tribune, kind of put out this like feely little article like, did Justin Fields show enough? Should the Bears consider taking a quarterback? And I'm telling you, like, they have to have those coordinated leaks and convince everyone in the NFL that they are genuinely considering taking Bryce Young, even if they aren't. And so, hey, if they aren't, go tell Justin Fields, hey, look, you're going to see headlines all offseason long that the Bears might take Bryce Young and yada, yada, yada. But I'll say this. It's not just about do you believe in Fields or all that. Resetting the rookie contract window is a massive part of this, too. I mean, Fields is going into his third season now. And we'll be due for a fifth-year option after next year, all those things. And this roster is still two years away otherwise. I mean, they are the worst roster in the NFL by a comfortable margin at every other spot. So otherwise, you have to trade down. Taking Jalen Carter or Will Anderson as great as they are at first overall is an asinine you know, way to go about this. You have to make a trade if you can get the haul. But I reached out to a couple of folks as well said, what do you think Justin Fields would go for if they did try to trade him? They said, no-brainer, at least one first-round pick, probably not two, but maybe you get one first and, you know, a day-two pick, a couple other things. I know Bears fans are going to hate me for this. I think you have to consider it. Justin Fields is incredible. He is maybe the best athlete in the entire NFL. He does have fundamental issues as a passer still, And, and he's great downfield. He can make every throw, all the cliches you want to throw out. His quick game, there, there. he doesn't have a quick game. He cannot throw the ball in less than three seconds. Yes, he has the worst offensive line in the NFL. Yes, his wide receivers cannot separate from anyone. But there are objectively concerns. I mean, this Detroit Lions defense shut him down last week. So you have to explore everything. You're going to be spending more money than any team in NFL history. You're going to be drafting a bunch of guys. I think you have to, like I said, at the very least, convince everyone else that you want to take Bryce Young because that's where it all starts. You're absolutely right there, by the way. A lot of a lot of members of the printing press in the chat. This is end of the season. It's a little tough. You know, it's like week 17, week 18. You're at, we're in the playoffs. People are excited. 
our guy JVT, uh, Jonathan Van Tobel in the, in the chat here, hanging out with us. A lot of good, a lot of good juju going on. <laughs> and Brad's energy is exactly what I needed. This is right. fantastic. You're right. I mean, you have to convince everyone you're taking Bryce Young. That's how you get, you know, a mother load for that pick. You're also, you have the benefit of the fact that the Texans are there at number two. They're certainly taking a quarterback. So, you know, a team can't, they, if a team needs a quarterback and there are plenty that do, they've got to go up there and get them. Um, I think the question is exactly that, which is, do you think that Justin Fields can throw the ball well enough to win in, in this league. And, you know, I think that the natural comparison that we're going to hear time and time again is going to be, well, look at what the Ravens said to Lamar Jackson. And I think it should be noted that Lamar Jackson as a passer is a, quite a good passer. Okay. And what the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson is very hard to do. And we've seen it s- struggle in situations where they've been injured up front, right? Where their offensive line hasn't been fantastic. We've seen it struggle a little bit in the playoffs as well. So it's not like a foolproof plan to go win Super Bowls. Um, But the opportunity there to get multiple first round picks, um, multiple second round picks. I mean, Bryce Young is a fantastic talent. You probably acquire a lot of that. If you are going to do it, this is the time to do it. So what would I do? I I am really torn here because I love I love Justin Fields. I would I would really be it would be hard for me to go shop him and only get one first round pick back, take a guy like Bryce young and um, you know, then see Justin Fields go out, you know, be good with the team, you know, whatever it is. I think I'm leaning towards keeping Justin Fields, acquiring all of those extra picks, not necessarily using them all. I might trade some more for future capital and see how Justin Fields does and then potentially use those to move up again. That's where I'm leaning right now, but I can totally see the the, the move to, to Bryce Young. I, I don't see this anywhere near. I mean, you think about like the Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen thing, like Justin Fields is better than Josh Rosen. Like We're we got, fun. you know, right? So, it, it, but, but I do think the fact that he's been so good as a runner has overshadowed the fact that as a passer, it's still not great. Yeah. Right. So no, it's 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 I, fair. And also one last key, which I think is huge, is that you now have two AFC South teams and the Colts and Texans as the teams you're trying to gonna try to bid against each other. So just like going to see Fields play somewhere and be great, if Houston or Indy sits there and says, you know what, we're not gonna trade up, we're gonna let him go, and then Bryce Young is incredible at whatever team he goes to, and then the last piece too. Per, you know, Jason Fitzgerald and my draft chart, the trade for Sam Darnold when the Colts moved down from three to six was the most expensive trade in the history of the NFL, you know, per our chart. So if you're talking to Indy, you can leverage that and say, you guys just made this trade at this crazy valuation to go from six to three. You're trying to go from three to one. It should be even more than that. And then, George, you nailed it, too. I mean, Caleb Williams, all these guys, Drake May, you get a you get a 2024 first from Houston. They're still going to be picking top five next year, right. even with Bryce Young and the you know Browns top 10 pick. So the future picks would be a huge part of it. No question. But you could see, I mean, look, Justin Fields was amazing for a lot of this year. And they, what did they go down the stretch? Like one and 12 or something? Right? They lost their last 11 games. Yeah. Right. So, like, let's not, let's not think that all of a sudden, you know, like it, they are going to be out of that running. I mean, they could, they could have an opportunity at, at, at getting a guy like Caleb Williams. You mentioned Drake May, who both of those guys might very well be the number one pick in this draft. Um, but I think it'll be very interesting to watch. Let's, let's move on to um, Super Bowl and Conference Championship futures. So uh, gracefully moving on there. 
Um, looking at, let's start with with the Super Bowl. So, looking at uh, at FanDuel right now, Kansas City the favorite plus three thirty, the Bills plus four twenty, the Eagles five to one, San Francisco plus five fifty, Cincy plus seven fifty, the Dallas Cowboys are thirteen to one, the Chargers are twenty one to one, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are thirty to one, your Vikings bed thirty two no to one. I know it's ridiculous. The Ravens 34 to 1, the Jags 46 to 1, the Dolphins 50 to 1, the Giants and the Seahawks also 50 to 1. I'll start with you, Ben. Out of those Super Bowl futures, are there any that you are betting that you like right now? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, everyone knows that there's basically a clear top five teams, right? Obviously, the top three teams in the AFC and then the top two teams in the NFC. And, and you can very much, I would say, bet a future on those teams if you want to. I do think. You know, kind of like we would probably suggest it might be a better spot where you could probably just bet their money line moving all the way through to the Super Bowl and you probably find more value. But if you are doing a little bit of, you know, digging further on down, I think you want to stay in the NFC. I know George has talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last, you know, last week or two weeks ago, basically, is kind of being a team that could at least figure some things out. I especially think, you know, given the current state of the Dallas Cowboys, given what we saw from Dak Prescott once again today, like, they're very much a team that I don't want to touch whatsoever, um, you know, as far as buying into from a playoffs perspective and them actually being able to advance in the NFC uh, and maybe even get to the conference championship. So I am actually kind of leaning in Tampa Bay's direction, at least as far as like a first round matchup with them. I think they do make some sense at a 31 shot. I also, you know, for all my homerism and everything else, I also think the Vikings make some sense at 32 to one. I do think the NFC is going to be wide open. Um, maybe you can make a consideration for the Philadelphia Eagles being, you know, the third most likely team and should very much probably get through the NFC as being the bet. But uh, for my money, I think if I'm taking, you know, a, a couple longer shots further down, I would definitely be leaning in probably the Buccaneers in the Vikings direction as my two bets to make right now. Because the AFC, you know, it, it's really hard to not buy into one of those two, three, two or three teams at the top. But the NFC, I think we're going to see some chaotic mess here coming up here, even probably in the first round in the wildcard round here next weekend. Yeah, the big thing with the Buccaneers, too, is center Ryan Jensen could be back. And his absence has Whoa. been so – yeah. I mean, he, his absence has been so massive for this team up front. Tom Brady clearly does not have a lot of trust in his O-line, particularly on the interior. You get him back, and look, I mean, he they beat the Cowboys week one this year, beat him week one last year. Brady has never lost to the Cowboys his entire career. That obviously means nothing of what we're talking about. But <laughs> they, they match up well, and, and their issue has been the shakiness of that interior offensive line. And Ryan Jensen also – brings a nastiness and an edge that they just have not had. Their run game has been abysmal in part because of his absence. So I think it's a good bet in part because you're probably just hedging after the first round or looking for other value. Um, but yeah, that would, that would be the one that, that intrigues me if I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm going to sound like a broken record here. I, I bet the, the bucks, by the way, if you're um, there's some members here that I, I recognize that are in the, uh, the printing press discord channel, which was a lot of fun this weekend because we were <laughs> we were riding on Ch- uh, Chigo Okonkwo, uh, Khalif Raymond, and Boston Scott this weekend, love, uh, love. which was a lot of fun. Um, but uh, in there, we were discussing some um, some ideas, and I threw out that I was going to bet the Bucks. The Bucks are nine to one to win the NFC, um, and the the Cowboys were plus I think it was four fifty, four eighty, something like that. And I'm looking at them like. This is ridiculous. This game in uh, in Tampa's should basically be a pick'em, and um, you know the, the Cowboys just not that good. Uh, they're playing on the road in Week One, so I, I like the the Bucks at at thirty to one as well. I mean, let's so so if the Bucks win, 
against the play at home against the Cowboys. Say they win there. Okay, the Niners are playing the Seahawks. Assume they win, and let's say that the Vikings squeak one out and they play the uh, yeah <laughs> squeak one out against the Giants and they win. So um, what you would have then is the Bucks would go to Philadelphia to play the Eagles, and I actually think that that's the preferred matchup as opposed to going to play the Niners, who they already got uh, got destroyed by. Maybe you somehow the Niners slip up, but there's a chance at least that they split. They slip up. They probably won't against the Vikings, but maybe they do. Um, I like that matchup against the Eagles. They just haven't played super well down the stretch. Hurts a little bit banged up. And then maybe you get the Vikings. You get lucky. You kill the Vikings. Or you have a game against San Francisco, and that's obviously going to be a very challenging game. Uh, and they've got to win that one um, to, to go to the Super Bowl. And then anything can happen at that point. Um, but I think the Bucs are the ones that, that I looked at and saw and said, okay, that makes the most sense. Let me ask you guys this. The, the clear top five teams, which one of those uh, odds do you like the most? Yeah, going back to it, I, I still want to avoid the mess that's in the AFC. So I very much think that it's probably the Philadelphia Eagles. I know you said like down the stretch they haven't looked good whatsoever. I still think that they have enough, especially – you know, along the offensive line to be able to dominate most teams in the trenches in the NFC. Now, of course, the question is going to be like, how how well can they match up against the 49ers in that front four? That's really probably the question mark. But, you know, at, at five to one with the top two teams in the AFC, you know, and specifically the the, the Chiefs having the first round buy and being at like 3.3 to one, like the Eagles at five to one, uh, I feel like definitely offers some value. And you can definitely hedge from there, uh, you know, if they do end up getting into the Super Bowl. Obviously, you know, the chalkiest pick you can make, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs, even at super short odds, and I say that because you're talking about kind of teams and the way they're trending, the Buffalo Bills secondary, a bunch of injuries, obviously, look, Demar Hamlin, football is the least of his concerns, but I mean, he was in there for Micah Hyde already, he himself was a replacement for a starting safety, now they're down another player there, they've had some other injuries in the back end, Kyrie Elam has been in and out of the lineup, their first round pick, and then in Cincinnati as well, a bunch of injuries to their secondary and their corners. Both those teams have, you know, better defensive lines than Kansas City, but Kansas City has the best offensive line of that trio by a significant, significant margin. So I, I think they're playing at the, well at the right time. They're young secondary with McDuffie and, and Jalen Watson. They've been playing some good football of late. So I think they're kind of peaking at the right time on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I see both those. I, I do like the Bills. Um I think two to one to win the the conference championship. They're, as I mentioned, four twenty to win the Super Bowl. Um, now, there's obviously that kind of the emotional side of things, but um, just thinking about what they were able. So that um, that championship game will be played at a neutral site if they play Kansas City, and um, I think that's a big advantage. You know, I, I, I certainly do. Um, obviously, not having to go to Kansas City is uh, is massive there. Um, and you know, the, the secondary does concern me a little bit, but, um, I just think they're as good, if not better and have been as good, if not better than the chiefs kind of all year. And so, um, so I like them, I think of the, of the favorites there, but I'll throw this one out as we switch over to the conference championships on the AFC, talked a lot about the NFC on the AFC side of things, Kansas city plus one sixty five, Buffalo two to one Cincinnati plus four ten. Chargers 11 to 1, Baltimore Ravens 17 to 1, and the Jags are 21 to 1. I kind of like the Chargers 11 to 1. I feel like of those teams that are, it's just such a hipster thing to say, but right. of those teams that are, um, you know, that have long odds, they're the one team that can 
that, that can and should scare anybody because of all the talent that they have because of Justin Herbert. Um, if it gets to a game, let's say you have Chargers Chiefs or Chargers Bills in the um, uh, in the conference championship or, or Bengals, you know, um, you're the, the, the Chargers just feel like a team that's going to keep it close. And so you kind of have those you have that opportunity going into it. So that's my one of the conference championships uh, uh, options. What about you guys? Uh, ben, start with you. Any conference odds you like? Yeah, I mean, I do think the Chargers, kind of like you said, do make a lot of sense. I don't think we've seen the best version of their defense yet. And I think that's maybe the like the unknown intrigue of how good they could actually be if they could potentially slow down Patrick Mahomes, you know, in Kansas City. They seem like the one defense that I think could actually put, you know, put together maybe like a full game of actually slowing him down. So I, I don't mind that look. I'm actually not seeing NFC uh, yeah, championship not, winners yeah. on uh, on FanDuel either, but it, it, it's really hard for me. I think it, like kind of going back to it with the NFC, like if you're not buying into the Buccaneers or Vikings, uh, I, I don't think that the Eagles are probably at a long enough odds that I'd really want to get involved with them. I'm assuming they're probably sitting pretty close to what the Chiefs are to win the AFC comparable in the NFC. So uh, I just think that they probably have, you know, enough issues to the point where you probably don't want to take the favorite in this particular matchup. And you do probably hope I would say for a little bit of chaos happening in the NFC, but nothing, nothing too much. I would say jumps out to me right now at that conference. So I would say in favor of the Chargers thought, I do like that it came out. They're playing, uh, unless this is unofficial, but on BetMGM, they're playing Saturday night at Jacksonville, which I think yeah. is huge. You get the If you get a 1 p.m. game for a West Coast team going to Jacksonville, Florida, I think that genuinely matters. And so if they can win that game, get the extra day of rest potentially coming off a Saturday night game in that game. On the flip side, though, I, I got to give my guy Brandon Staley, no, no longer my guy, uh, some flack for playing Mike Williams and Joey Bosa and a bunch of other players in this game. Mike Williams might not be 100% or even available in, in this first matchup. And we've seen their offense when they're missing weapons. So I don't really understand the thinking there at all. They are a great team. They also could get Rashawn Slater back, which would be massive for their offensive line. Apparently his torn peck, you know, he could be potentially in that game. So, you know, I see some some in favor and against. I would go uh, Cincinnati Bengals, though. Plus 410 is a nice price for them. They're maybe the hottest team in the NFL right now. Obviously, you know, also emotional and a lot going on. They feel slighted and kind of pissed off with the NFL basically writing bylaws for what to do in this situation and then just choosing to ignore them when the situation actually arises. Again, just like before, I don't care. I'm not complaining. Bengals fans on Twitter, shut up. But but I, I, but I get why the, the Bengals in the locker room would be pissed off. They deserve to be pissed off, not, you know, Bengals fan 12875. So I think they're an interesting bet. I think they're playing really good football and, and they can beat anyone, you know, when the chips are down. They also, it's interesting. So, um, by the way, the, the schedule is out. It is Saturday at Seahawks Niners at 4.30 Eastern on Fox. Chargers Jags 8.15 Eastern on NBC. Sunday, it starts at 1 Eastern with Dolphins Bills. 4.30 game is Giants Vikings. The night game is Ravens Bengals. And then Monday night is Cowboys Bucks. The Bengals get to play the Ravens might be without Lamar Jackson, even if it is, it's because Lamar Jackson hasn't practiced in however long. Um, and, you, you know, you mentioned a team that can beat either the Chiefs or the Bills, like the Bengals absolutely can. So um, I think it's a really good point. Uh, I still do not see any NFC uh, odds coming up, but uh, we will we'll tackle them when, when they do. Um, ben Brown at PFF underscore Ben Brown. You can follow him on Twitter, read all of his great content. And work uh, on PFF.com, the PFF app, and uh, hang out with him in the PFF 
Printing Press Discord as well. Ben, it's always a pleasure. Good luck. You have the Vikings, I, we think. I, I'm guessing they'll be a slight favorite, which is like uh, you can hang a banner for that. They We're going to hang a banner for playoffs. sure. We'll, we'll see it. We'll see in the divisional round, George. We'll see what's going to happen where that number opens up. So I'm feeling a steak dinner coming in my favor for that okay. That matchup in a couple weeks. So I'll, I'll, go, I'll go two steak dinners on that one <laughs> if, if there's an opportunity. <laughs> Thank you, awesome. Thank all right, we get Jeff Ruby's for that one. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I'm gonna need the uh, the private room in the back and um, a couple bottles of French wine um, for that one. Uh, well, we wait for Arjun to jump on. Quick reminder that uh, if you have not yet signed up for a PFF Plus subscription, you can do so now. Promo code forecast F R E C A S T gets you twenty percent off. It's a great time to do it with the playoffs happening. Get all of our betting content, betting tools and draft and free agency analysis as well. There's no better place to go find that than PFF, of course, um, as well as uh, our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings with the playoff picture now locked in and ready to rock is the place for you to go sign up. If you have not yet, if you're in Ohio, for example, betting is now live there. If you're in Massachusetts, we think it'll be live there very shortly. Um, use promo code PFF, bet $5, get $200 in free bets instantly when you sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, which you should go download right now. There are a lot of very good bets we're going to talk about here in a second, and no better place to bet them. Also, uh, Manscaped. I didn't have anything super clever to say about them. I usually do, um, but I'll just say this. Feel more confident going into the playoffs like all the playoff teams do because they're going. Uh, and you can do so with Manscaped and the Lawnmower 4.0. Um, you have all of your new year's resolutions. That means probably going to the gym. Uh, and if you go to the gym, but you don't have anything to, um, you know, trim yourself up afterwards, it's going to be bad news for you. Use promo code forecast 20 for free shipping for 20% and 20% off at manscaped.com. And last but not least, you want some money. Remember the printing press, uh, means you probably did. So make sure you do the best that you can to save and make it work for you at westernsouthern.com, whether you want to buy a house or looking to save for retirement, new child, whatever it might be, Western Southern has a game plan for you, westernsouthern.com slash PFR. All right, it is time to guess some very meaningful lines. Uh, last week, it was a little bit rough. I had to go through the entire week 18 slate. We now have wild card weekend ahead of us. So, Arjun, your Chargers are there. My Niners are there. Brad's Bears have the number one pick. So it pays, it pays to be on the podcast. Um, your, your Chargers playing on Saturday night, as we just talked about. The Saturday games will go in order here. So we'll start with uh, Seattle and San Francisco. Arjun, the floor is yours. Yeah, so uh, you know, for this game, I went 49ers uh, minus 10. I went uh, minus 8.5. I think I had eight and a half as well. Uh, I had seven and a half. Um, and let's see here. I got nine and a half on bed and Yeah, nine and a half. I see uh, nine and a half minus 115. Uh, I had seven and a half for the, the, <laughs> the Packers because I just penciled the Packers in. Um, and I would say the Seahawks probably a point or, or, or so worse. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting that the Seahawks have not looked good of late. Um, but I am tempted at nine and a half Brock Purdy. I mean, maybe it gets out to 10. Um, so I'm probably not betting it now uh, if I'm betting the Seahawks, but 
that's a lot. It's a lot of points for Brock Purdy in his first start. Um, Arjun, what are you doing with this one? Um, I, I'm going to lay off, but I, I do think the Niners are a very bad matchup. And then the Seahawks also lost Jordan Brooks for the season last week, who's you know a big part of their run-stopping unit and, and pass coverage unit. So I, I think the Niners pose a lot of matchup problems, but I agree. I think 10 points is a, I think nine and a half is a lot. Yeah, the Seahawks run defense, even with Jordan Brooks, then the second half of the season was, I want to say, bottom three in EPA per rush allowed. They were really, really struggling against the run. Um, and obviously the Niners are, you know, are going to exploit that to nth degree. But they did get Tyler Lockett back today. He had the touchdown, played pretty well. I think that was huge for them. I think that offense without two guys, when it was just DK the week before, they just couldn't do anything. Obviously, they weren't great today either. So I'm laying off, but I'll be honest, I'm actually leaning towards the Niners. I just think it's a nightmare matchup for the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really rough. Um, the total at 43 and a half, I like over there quite a bit. Um, under is actually minus 114. Over is uh, minus 106. But the Seahawks defense will not be able to stop the 49ers. And you mentioned Tyler Lockett coming back. Um, the, the Niners, while they have a very good defense, um, you know, they have uh, some players in the secondary that are not amazing. Lenore, uh, their second corner has been very, very average. And Lockett being healthy is a very, very important part of that offense. Without it, without him, they really just have DK Metcalf. It's nothing else. Um, and, and with him, all of a sudden it opens up the passing game a little bit. Um, so I like over 43 and a half. That's my favorite play um, in this game. If I had to pick one side um, of nine and a half, I think I would roll with the Niners. But that's also because uh, I'm a Niners fan. I'll join you on the over. I know you mentioned pre-show. I don't know if you were being sarcastic or not. Just to look behind the scenes. George told me it's a bet on every game. Yeah, so we have to bet on every single one. All right, um, I'm taking the over 43 and a half with you for sure. <laughs> All right. If we're betting, if we're betting on every game, I'm gonna take the Niners. So you can choose your unit sizes appropriately. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, it's the play. I mean, yeah, we got it's it. the playoffs for everybody. Yeah. You know? Um, all right, Chargers and Jags, this one in Jacksonville. Arjun, you tweeted about this uh, last night, kind of what what would the line um, be here? And I thought this was really some really interesting discourse on Twitter. Um, what did you decide on for this line? Yeah, so in my tweet, I was predicting what the market was would open up at, not what like what I would kind of make it. Mm-hmm. So right now, after everything that's transpired, I would go uh, Chargers minus two and a half. I'm here. I had Chargers by one and a half, and it is uh, Chargers by one and a half in Jacksonville. Okay, so um, Arjun, are you uh, are you betting? Yeah. So, quick note here: it is, it, it was two and a half when I checked uh, yesterday or like earlier today, I think, and then now it's moved to minus one on Pinnacle. It's a pick wow. on on Circa, um, but I mean, I I really like the Chargers in the spot. Honestly, like I, it's weird because I never really feel optimistic about the Chargers. But just I looked at like some of the Jags like recent games, and I really like haven't been like that impressed. If I'm being honest, like you look at their five game win streak, right? And it's it hasn't really been like an impressive slate of wins. They beat the Titans twice, who as we know now aren't that good of a football team. They beat the Texans and the Jets. Again, both missed the playoffs. They did beat the Cowboys in in overtime. It took a pick six to get there. And right now, the Cowboys don't look that serious as a playoff team. 
their offense, on the other hand, hasn't really been that inspiring since the Ravens game, again, outside of the Tennessee and, and Cowboys game. I think Lawrence hasn't been playing as well. The offense hasn't been moving the ball as well. And I think since the Ravens game, the really only, like, I think Detroit and the, Cow- and the Cowboys have been the only two good teams they've played. They got blown out by Detroit. So, again, I, I've, I'm mixed on the Jags, but I think the Chargers have been playing really well. Herbert you know, to his credit, has been playing like a superstar. I think the past couple of weeks hasn't really made many mistakes. Obviously, the Mike Williams injury is big, but I think he's going to play. All the reports have been positive. So I, I really like the Chargers in the spot. And, you know, getting to see Herbert on primetime, he always puts on a, a good show for everyone. Yeah, the reason I agree with you and like this one, I mentioned it last week coming to the Titans game, and I feel vindicated by every single Derrick Henry run on first and 10 for a half a yard. Is the Jaguars of a top 10 top ten rush EPA defense? The Chargers don't run the football. So um, yeah. they're, they're, they're much worse against the pass than they are against the run, and the Chargers don't run. So uh, I think it is a good matchup for them. And also people are going to point to the Jaguars going to L.A. earlier this year. Those were two entirely different teams. That was right when the Chargers were just ravaged with injury, like right in that moment. I think they're a completely different team now in the way they're playing. I'm actually going to take a page out of Georgia's book, though. The over-under is 46 and a half here. I like the over in this game as well. I knew that was coming from you. Just I just knew it. The Jags over 40. It was the Jags-Vikings or whatever it was that we went over 47. No, Jags-Cowboys. That was uh, the lock, a lock of the week that, that went hit in the first, uh, first half. Um I love the Chargers here. I absolutely love the Chargers. I'm a little worried by how much I like the Chargers here. I'm wondering if I'm not seeing something. I think that there is a belief that, you know, that home field may, maybe sort of matters here. Um, I don't, I'm not particularly worried about it. Um, as much as I like Doug Peterson, like this team has been really bad for a really long time. I, I just, I don't see them winning a playoff game as, as weird and like non-mathematical as that sounds. I just, I just cannot imagine the Jags winning uh, a game here. And to Arjun's point, I think the chargers have played some of the best football in the NFL. What's interesting. And I I tweeted this out last night that this is like the hipster football fan Christmas. This is just every dude that like grinds film is so excited for this game. They cannot wait. Um, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Every social media manager out there is really excited to tweet every single Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert throw. Um, but the, the sign that the Chargers are ready to win a, f- a playoff game is when they start playing really well and people aren't like orgasming all over social media about them. And they haven't been, which is kind of crazy. Um, now, maybe in, in Arjun's Chargers uh, Twitter, they have been. Uh, so I, I can't speak for that. But um I, I do uh, I do think this is a, a fairly big mismatch. I looked at a couple of things uh, in particular. The, the Jaguars cannot cover the slot. And Keenan Allen um, is one of, if not the best, um, uh, slot wide receivers in the NFL. Trey Herndon has a 55.4 PFF grade in the slot, which is 94th Keenan Allen, uh, a top 12 graded receiver this year. And then you look at, at the Jags, and as good as they have, have been this year relative to last year, they are still lacking explosiveness at the wide receiver position. So I like the, the Chargers' big uh, advantage there. And Joey Bosa being back with Khalil Mack there against an offensive line that is better, but I wouldn't call them great by any stretch of the imagination. So, yes, I'm taking the Chargers. I absolutely um, love the Chargers here in this spot. Um, 
by the way, last night, uh, Arjun, I, I made it a pick and um, I felt kind of dirty for that. So I addressed <laughs> Um, Miami, it's interesting though, that Circa, by the way, I, I assume most of the printing press knows this, but books like Pinnacle and Circa generally, um, you know, are leading indicators of where the market will end up. Um, but they're not going to, you know, kind of follow what other books are. So if you see a Circa number, right, that they, they are not out there just kind of copycatting other books out there, right. They're listening to the really, really sharp betters that they take a lot of money from. And, um, so, you know, that, you know that they have a really strong opinion um, that, that matters and is worth something. So the fact that they have it a pick is meaningful. I do think it makes sense to keep this out of the kind of teaser zone. Um, but uh, Oh, yeah. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a one-score game by the end of the game. I think you guys yeah. will get value. I would say I would wait because I think this line might continue to move towards uh, you know Jacksonville a little bit, and you might even get like a true pick which could be nice. Sunday – uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, the Miami Dolphins go to Buffalo to play the Bills. Brad, what uh, do we know about the quarterback situation for Miami right now? Yeah, so I was trying to figure this out this week. Uh, I told you earlier I had a conversation with someone in the AFC about if they had any indication of whether Tua Tagovailoa was going to play in this game or not, and they said no one has a clue. Like, of course, <laughs> Miami's going to keep that close to the vest, and they probably have an idea. They're just not going to tell anyone, but – Look, I mean, three concussions in a year, two of them in very, very close proximity. Uh, you know, the one in Green Bay, he then played the entire second half, probably took a couple more shots in, and then still, you know, obviously had the, you know three interceptions, all those things, which now in hindsight I think we understand better. I think it's legitimately possible he doesn't play in this game. I'm sure he's pushing too, and it's one of those, like, you may have to, you know, protect him from himself type situations. I put the spread out without Tua Tagovailoa in it, um, and, and that's where I lean – but I, I could see him play, but it's it's not a guarantee in, in my opinion. Yeah, I had I, I guessed three spreads here. I had no Tua, no Teddy. <laughs> I had with Tua, and I had with Teddy. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and assume then that this is Teddy, maybe with a slight hedge uh, towards towards Tua potentially being back. Arjun, would you make this? I went uh, Bills minus nine and a half. I went Bills minus ten and a half. I had Bills, so I'll just tell, <laughs> tell you what I had. I had with Teddy, 10 and a half. That's what I'm going to go with here. Uh, that's what I, I, I think they're going to end up with. Um, with Tua, I went seven and a half. And with uh, Skylar Thompson, I went 14 and a half. And I think there's a little bit of like Skylar Thompson in the playoffs. Like, yeah, right. It's interesting looking back at the Dolphins Bills games. The Bills uh, outgained the Dolphins like 400 to 200 in their first matchup. Miami ended up winning that game. And then Miami kept it close and covered in a, in a really, you know, in a game where I think people might have expected the Bills to kind of blow the doors off them and they did not. Um, so, Arjun, you're actually a little short here. Are you going to take the Dolphins? No, I'm not. I'm not. I can't bet on Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> Skyler. I just, the reason I didn't cross 10 is just because I, I actually haven't been that impressed with the Bills' defense of late. I, I do feel like they've been underwhelming, even with Trey White back. Mm -hmm. Like the Patriots moved the ball on them, like constantly throughout this game. I think at times the Bills were able to generate pressure, and Teron Armstead being out for the Dolphins would be huge uh, if he misses the game against the Bills. But I I do think and I do worry about the Bills' secondary just in the playoffs in general. And even if Teddy's starting, I think Miami could take advantage of them 
So I, I know we're supposed to, you know, we're planning on betting on every game. Whatever the over is on this game, if it's a reasonable total, I, I think I would like I would like that one. So we're obviously an adamant and look that up because I'm curious as well. Uh, and it might join you there, but we're obviously an adamant, not trend based podcast because mm-hmm. trend betting is, is dumb. But Teddy Bridgewater is 20 and four ATS as a road underdog. Uh, <laughs> Spready Bridgewater, the guy just covers games <laughs> as a road underdog. So um, which is just an insane split. But That's I would nuts. lean still Buffalo here. I agree. Their defense has not been as good. I mean, obviously, you signed Von Miller for. For next weekend and unfortunately he's not going to yeah. be there uh Rousseau played well today had a sack i think and and they made some plays but i mentioned no demar hamlin means you're on your third safety plus jordan poyer is not 100 healthy himself um they're, they're a little bit of a concerning team so i agree with arjun the over might be the most enticing play here uh, of all the you know potential plays i don't see a total on Fanduel. do you see one anywhere Are but mgm has 44 and a half oh so that's my official I, play. I yeah, do sorry. like 44 and a half. That is, uh, that is a nice one. Um, so there's a couple of things that, that I think are interesting in this game. The, the Bills, uh, it's, the Bills are one of the three best teams in the NFL at generating pressure without blitzing. Uh, and they're going to need to do that because covering, having any prayer at covering Tyreek, who, by the way, got a little banged up today. And Waddle is going to require some pressure, but Teddy Bridgewater on the road in as an underdog, as a favorite, I don't care what it is against a better team under pressure is a little scary to me. Um, But I I think the right way to play that actually is to take the over Um, because, you know, situation where Buffalo gets up big, the firepower that the dolphins do have to come back and, you know, kind of keep this game close. So I'm rolling with, uh, over 44 and a half looks like the whole squad is riding there. Afternoon game, Giants at Vikings, Arjun. I went uh, Vikings minus three. Same here. Likewise, uh, what is this? this so it is, is I, I put a couple in. I got to jump in. This was minus three when we were talking with Ben Brown. It is now minus two and a half as Ooh. of the last, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah, on uh, on FanDuel, it, it is now uh, plus three is minus one twenty, minus three is minus one hundred two. Um, spirited uh, spirited game performance by by the backups of the Giants today in Philadelphia. Um, okay, let's call two and a half. Arjun, what are you doing with this one? Um, yeah, I'm 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 just gonna lay off the spread on this game. I witnessed Davis Webb, maybe the most elusive quarterback in the NFL in the flesh today. I think he avoided a dozen sacks. It was a remarkable performance. Um, I mean, look, the Giants and Vikings played fairly recently, and the Giants covered. They lost, what, 26-24, I want to say it was. So they covered. I think that spread in that game was three and a half, and maybe now we're kind of getting a bit of a reaction, getting on the other side of a field goal, at least at MGM. I I know there's not really teaser opportunities here, but I I would lean New York. I I mean – Minnesota's just their defense uh, is easily the worst defense in the playoffs, and, and I just don't know if you can trust them to to cover, you know, to, to win this game. So sorry, Ben. Um, I hope you're not listening or watching anymore. But uh, yeah, I, I, get, I guess we can't lay off. So I'll look at something else. But uh, I'm not betting on the spread. I am teasing the Giants, teasing the Giants out to eight and a half. I know that uh, forty-seven and a half is actually one of the is it maybe it's the highest. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the biggest total of the um, of the weekend, which 
I think is a little generous. Um, I know that the Vikings defense not very good. Interestingly, the Giants defense, not great either. I'm looking forward to betting Justin Jefferson's um, receiving prop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> their corners can't, can't cover anybody. Um, uh, I like uh, Richie James in the slot against Shannon Sullivan as well. Um, I, I thought this was interesting, though. The Giants, the most blitz-heavy team in the NFL, obviously, went Martindale, now the defensive coordinator over there. Kirk Cousins, um, 60 PFF grade against the Blitz. Not not particularly good against the Blitz. Um, and um, so I, I love the Giants here. I think, um, you know, if I, had to, if I had to take one side of the spread, I would take the Giants. But I'm going to tease them out to, uh, to eight and a half. And I'm trying to figure out who I would tease them with. I think that's a little bit of a challenge. Uh, but I think we might get there in this next game. Um, oh, one last huge point really quick. Sorry to cut you off. Brian O'Neill, right tackle for the Vikings. Top 10, maybe top five right tackle in the NFL will not play in this game against the most blitzing team in the NFL, the Giants. So I'm also I'm with you. I'm on the tease that you're about to discuss. And then also, I think Adora Jackson might come back for this game. And so I was with you, George, that I was thinking about the Justin Jefferson overs. But if he's back, I do worry a little bit. I think Jefferson's still uncoverable. But, you know, him versus someone like Darnay Holmes covering him is a is a big difference. So, yeah. Um, just something to keep in mind. It's a good point. I think they were they were considering uh, right. He could have played this week, yeah. right? If they needed to. Um, okay. Uh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, the night game on NBC. Uh, Arjun, uh, I went Bengals minus seven. Oh, minus seven and a half. Yeah, I went. Uh, what did I make this? Hold on. Um, I went eight and a half. Uh, so I am assuming. No Lamar here. It seems there's something weird going on, right? Like, Brad, am I? There's something really kind of strange here. I I feel like we haven't heard a whole lot. He hasn't practiced at all. It wasn't thought to be that serious of an injury. Um, It seems like either it's a serious injury or he's saying, I'd love to see how well you guys can do without me and, um, you know, try and make some money. What do you read in this situation? What do you think the chances are of him playing? Yeah, so Ian Rappaport, I want to say yesterday or Friday, um, said that basically it's been five weeks. He was supposed to be back by now. This injury typically has a three- to four-week window, but there are training staff or, or you know whatever health people in Baltimore that are legitimately concerned he still might not be good to go for this game. Obviously, you know, Tom Brady dealing with a PCL sprain is different than Lamar Jackson dealing with a PCL sprain. And so, you know, going up against a phenomenal defensive line in Cincinnati, uh, he's not a lot to play in this game. And also, to your point, I think there is potentially a small part of this that is, yeah, hey, go trot out there with Anthony Brown and beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Best of luck to you. And, you know, people might get pissed about that, but, you know, credit to Lamar. I mean, he's proven his value. (laughs) Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I see six on FanDuel here. Um, I I thought this would be – I'm shocked by this, to to be honest with you. Um, Like, this was going to be my my teaser. I was really looking forward to this. I hate the idea of just teasing, um, teasing six. So I don't know if I'll have to figure something else out, but um, I, I will take, I mean, I'll take the Bengals here in this spot. I don't know if I'm, I'm overlooking anything. Arjun, what are you thinking? I actually have a play. I, I really like the under in this game. So a couple of reasons. Number one, um, I mean, like you said, Anthony Brown is, is an absolute privilege to watch play quarterback. So if he's starting, I already love it. Two, Joe Burrow has really struggled this year versus the Ravens defense. And it kind of goes back to a trend I noticed last year where he just he typically struggles versus 
primarily two high defenses and new their uh the ravens new defensive coordinator this year mike mcdonald uh has a too high a shell type philosophy so joe burrow in his two games this year averaged a 0.01 epa per play in their first matchup today it was a negative 0.19 a part of that was a, a huge fumble at the goal line um in in their own territory but still you know, I, I don't really keep up with who day Twitter and everything. I could see people start tweeting about like Joe Burrow looks off. Like this is a game like we haven't really seen from him. It's just typically a game that Burrow, I think, typically struggles in versus these type of two high defenses. Higgins got banged up. Kappa got banged up. Boyd got banged up. I think since he has some injuries on the offensive side of the ball, that makes me wary of them being able to move it. I think Ravens will also kind of have that motivational kind of factor going into this game. Um, which I think their defense will try to put up for their offense, which they did a little bit today. But I think a lot of the underlying metrics about the Cincinnati offense against this type of defense does point towards the under. And again, if if Anthony Brown is starting, it also helps our case there. I'm also sure it helps an under that they obviously played today, right? So, I mean, you have a really yeah. good understanding of who you're going up against. You, might, you didn't even mention Lyle Collins is obviously going to be out for this game as well for Cincinnati. And, I also think, you know, the top of the too high, but also the ability to put three safeties out there, three good safeties, and Chuck Clark, Marcus Williams, and Kyle Hamilton. Hamilton's playing a lot in the slot recently, so could be an answer for Tyler Boyd that some other teams don't really have. Um, the under is intriguing. It's actually six and a half on BetMGM, George, if that helps. It's not teasing through <laughs> seven still. Um, I'll stick with it. I'm, I'm going to stick with the teaser, but I, I like the logic on that under a lot. I, I could see that for sure. Yeah, I can get on board with the uh... – with the under as well. Um, I can't decide. I, 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 you know, I could see it teasing the Jags out to seven and a half. Um, interestingly, the one we're going to talk about here in a second, I thought would be a teasable line um, for quite some time. I think maybe that has changed because of some performances this week that we saw. Um, so I, I'll ride, I'll, I'll, I'll tease this for now and, um, and we'll see where we get to at the end here. Um, what's the under, by the way, Arjun? What are you seeing that at? Um, I, I mean, I don't see it up anywhere right now, but I, on, on, on unabated, it's 44. I'm not sure if that's the true total, but I think unabated is pretty accurate with this. So I think it's 44, and that's what I'm okay. rolling with. 43 and a half on BetMGM. There you go. Dallas, Tampa Bay, Monday night football. The uh, very impressive Cowboys performance today. That was they lost in case anyone missed it. They lost to Sam Howell in his first start. Sam Howell couldn't get on the field. The, the commanders have Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke out there just throwing hospital balls left and right. Sam Howell finally gets on the field. And what does he do? He beats the crap out of the Dallas Cowboys today. Um, Arjun, would you make this? Uh, I went Cowboys minus three. I went Cowboys minus two and a half. I went two and a half as well. Um, it is it is three. Um, minus three is minus 105, and Tampa Bay plus three is minus 115. So close. Um, but, man, that is uh, – I'm a little surprised by that because the Cowboys stunk today. I mean, they absolutely stunk today. Um, Arjun, what are you doing with this one? Yeah, just quick note also, you know, Pinnacle has this as – at. Cowboys two and a half, but like heavily juiced towards the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. I, you know, 
I haven't been betting that long, so I'm going to ask you guys, like, at what point do you just, like, say screw the numbers and, like, I'm just going to bet on Tom Brady in the playoffs? Get there pretty quickly. Go ahead, go, go ahead George. I, yeah, I, this is probably it. I, the, the Cowboys, I just – I I cannot – I cannot envision them, like, win, <laughs> winning this game. As crazy as that sounds, I, I just absolutely cannot. Like – I have had this vision of Sean Payton buying a mansion next to Jerry Jones in Dallas for a while. And I think this is where it happens. Like, I think that the script is right here. I can't believe I'm saying this, but um, Jason Garrett, I thought made an interesting point. I was going to bring it up to you guys. He said, you know, that the Dallas defense has been not very good outside outdoors on grass. And um, at first I looked at this and I looked at just their pass rush. And actually, the pass rush has been just as good, if not actually a little bit better. Their pressure rate goes up. Um, and so, you know, it, depending on, on what kind of a, um, grass they're playing on, turf or, or actual grass. But their defense is overall significantly worse. They're just uh, basically league average in EPA per play uh, when playing outdoors on real grass versus playing uh, indoors on turf. This obviously will be played outdoors in Tampa Bay. Um, so I, my question is to you guys, like, does that make any sense to you? Um, I, I can understand it from a coverage perspective, you know, not being quite as quick potentially. But of course, you know, one of those games against the Eagles, who are a very good team. Um, but, you know, some of those games have also not been, um, you know, against particularly great teams and they have they have not played um, super well. But uh, what do you guys think about that? Because I thought that was interesting. I would look at grass versus also just indoor outdoor, you know, with a dome team going outside. So I don't know if the surface, you know, maybe there's, you know, conflation between what the surface field is mm -hmm. or what the, you know, the conditions and, and outdoor, but um, that is interesting. That's something probably, I guess, to, worth, worth looking into. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm going to, I'll trust Jason's kind of like analysis there. I don't, it's like, that's the thing. I wouldn't trust Jason Garrett's analysis. So I was a little surprised uh, to see that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take the, I'll take the bucks um, plus three here. If it's two and a half uh, by the time this is over, they will be, um, there will be a teaser leg of mine as well. Um, they're plus one twenty eight, plus one thirty, 130 um, money line, uh, which I think is interesting. I also already have them nine to one to win the NFC. Um, but I guess, you know, of the, the concerns that you would have for, for the Bucs certainly would be that Micah Parsons could be rushing against a, a guy named Brandon Walton, who has a 51 PFF grade uh, so far this year, which is not particularly exciting. Um, so, you know, that would be if you've seen Tom Brady falter, Arjun, to your point, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, but like where he has faltered has been in situations where, you know, there's just there's nothing he can do because the pass rushes uh, in his face the entire time. So I was going to look at the under, but now this whole analysis of, of grass has, has thrown me, but <laughs> I, I will say you made a joke about, you know, uh, uh, Sean Payton looking at, you know, Highland park, Texas, real estate, all jokes aside though. Like I didn't, I was going to mention about branch this about Brandon Staley as well, but Mike McCarthy is People like he might be coaching for his job in this game. I know he won 12 games back to back, but they lose oh, to San yes. Francisco. And, 
Yeah, they lose San Francisco in embarrassing fashion in the playoffs last year. Jerry Jones doesn't care that they got the wild card in the worst NFC that I can remember in my lifetime. Like that doesn't that does nothing. And so I think he's gonna be coaching tight. I mean, it's going to be a masterclass of bad coaching in this game regardless. But, um, yeah, like I think that matters. And I think they're going to be tense and they're not going to play loose. Dak was also 14 of 37 for 128 so yards today for three and a half yards per attempt. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I made this joke like a month ago on this show that like I'm going to talk myself into betting the Bucks and feel like an absolute idiot for talking myself into betting on the Bucks. But I have officially talked myself into betting on the Bucks plus three in this game. Yeah, I don't think I even mentioned what uh, I made this line. I made Tampa Bay plus one, and uh, I wasn't even gonna, you know, if I were if I were putting this line out there, I don't even want people to be able to tease Tampa through through seven. I mean, da- Dallas played that game today. I mean, they played their starters in that game, um, and they were atrocious. <laughs> they were really, really, really terrible. So, look, the, the, there are a few things that I should point out that are going Dallas's way. I mentioned the Micah Parsons one. CeeDee Lamb in the slot, he's been fantastic. Tampa Bay's slot uh, coverage is just 27th in PFF grade, 47.3 PFF grade among all their corners when covering the slot. So it hasn't been great. That's a place that they can they can expose uh, a little bit. But, um, yeah, I I don't know, man. I think three is – is way too rich. So, um, yeah, I think we'll see a lot of Antoine Winfield. They, they, in certain matchups or when Sean Murphy bunting is having a Sean Murphy bunting day, they'll start throwing Antoine Winfield in the slot a bunch. I I think they might have to go to that against CD lamb because I mean, yeah, he's not going to get stopped otherwise. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, Arjun, you're, you said you're taking, you said you're taking Tampa Bay here. That's what you're doing. Yeah. I'll be on the bus. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I can't believe I can. we're here. I I can though. I totally yeah. can. The 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 fact that we're fading the Dallas Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs with Mike McCarthy is a very normal thing. It just feels extremely strange to do it against Todd Bowles, given this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, we we're gonna. Uh, this is a master class of coaching coaching excellence. Um, okay, that is the wild card round. As usual, we will write up uh, our favorites, and those will go in. An article posted on pff.com and the pff app so make sure that you check that out it'll also we'll post uh that in the discord uh the printing press discord as soon as we figure those out here this evening so if you want to get those before anyone else does go check that out the link to join the discord should be in the description in, uh on the youtube channel or wherever you are watching this uh and if you can't find it there hit us up on twitter arjun brad it's playoff time baby so let's uh Let's get ourselves ready to rock here. And um, we need to get kind of get off the schneid, though, because last week's write-up didn't do super well. So um, Okay, hold on. We got closing line value on every single straight bet we hit. We, <laughs> we put out. I, I'm happy with the process. Just We couldn't have predicted a Dak privilege game. And the Raiders holding the ball first eight minutes and <laughs> kicking it. Like, at least Minnesota's t- full touchdown of CLV yeah. finally cashed for us. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The the closing line value was extraordinary. I, I forgot that Kansas City uh, Vegas game even happened. That was a disaster. Uh, Jared Jared him seven rushes, fifty yards. It's my favorite line of the entire week. Um, yeah, so go check that out. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some more closing line value. Uh, it is Wild Card Weekend. Thanks for hanging out with us. We love you. Peace. Thank you, lovey. <laughs>